0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And in this episode, we are doing something that we have only done on this show one other time, though I may do it more in the future, and that is that I am rebroadcasting a live stream that I did over on YouTube a few days ago with my friends Simon Clark and Jamie Miles, both who live in the UK. And like I said, I've done this one other time in the past. Back in episode 77, I rebroadcasted a stream that we did over on Simon's channel about how to become an adult. At least that was our general theme for the chat. But what we basically do in our live streams is we let people submit their questions in the live chat on YouTube and then we take them as they come. So this is another one of those streams. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Simon, Jamie, and I took questions basically on any topic, but I I would say this particular conversation focuses more on studying and procrastination and things of that nature. There are some other questions. So basically what I can tell you about this episode is you're going to get 90 minutes of the three of us answering questions and having a great conversation. And I had a ton of fun recording it. I know Simon wants to do more regular streams in the future, and I am definitely down to do that as well. So uh, I will probably let you guys know via the email list about our upcoming streams once plans are set in concrete. The ones for this one were a bit um, kind of up to the wire, so I wasn't able to get anything other than a tweet out, but I will be much more organized in the future. Anyway, this entire conversation is in this podcast, but if you happen to want to watch it, then it's also up on Simon's channel, which is youtube.com slash and it is one of those YouTube usernames that's very hard to spell based on how it's pronounced, so it's Simon O X F. Is. So Simon Oxford Physics is basically the uh, the meaning of it. So if you want to watch it, it's over there. I've also got it linked up in the show notes. I'll have it embedded along with some resource links that we talk about in the episode that you may find useful and you can find all that good stuff over at CIGpodcast.com slash 130. You will also find a link to episode 109 of that page, which was my conversation with Simon on this particular show that wasn't a YouTube stream. So if you happen to like this episode, you may enjoy that podcast episode as well. Anyway, if you want to support this show, you can leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's always helpful. But beyond that, we are going to get right into this live stream, which Simon hosts, so I will let him take it from here. Hello and welcome to the live
1: stream. Uh, Hopefully this is working. I'm not going to do what everybody does at the start of the live stream and spend the first 30 seconds going, are we live? Because I'm just going to We not (laughs) deal with it. Uh, If you don't know me, if you come uh, come to me from one of these two fine gentlemen I'm sharing the screen with, I'm Simon. I'm doing a PhD at the University of Exeter and I run a YouTube channel about, well, studying and about my PhD and about science and about kind of everything at the moment. Uh, But I am... Paling in comparison compared to the my stellar guests because I have on his long-awaited return to YouTube we have Jamie Miles Jamie <laughs> what is your point on the internet what are you, what are you
2: um, so I guess the the inception of my presence on the internet was to help people achieve their academic goals it started off with Oxford and Cambridge application advice so that more people from around the world can smash that glass ceiling um, I was the first person from my school to get into Oxford um, and I wanted more people to be able to say that and more people to be able to achieve that goal and then what's begun to develop um, just as a consequence is study skills so helping people study effectively achieve their academic goals and uh, take that with practical skills into their everyday life Um, and uh, that's my existence on the internet we probably won't go into the real world just yet but that's what I do during the night time
1: Okay, that's, that's Jamie's nocturnal activities sorted. The chat is going wild, I'd like to point out. People are really excited that you're here. Uh, and people Hello, should also Jack. be excited that Thomas is here. Tom Frank, uh, College Info Geek, what, what do you do? I feel like the clue's in
0: the name, really. Uh, yes, well, actually not so much anymore. I'm having a little bit of an identity crisis. So, eh, all right, let's put it this way. I do College Info Geek, and my point on the internet has always been, at least for the last six years, to help college students do better in university all across the board both international and within the us but ever since i started doing youtube i started getting a high school audience and then an audience like sizable portion of the audience who are just adults who like the stuff i make so i feel like my point on the internet has become half personal development learning and productivity for anybody and half study skills and college specific stuff
1: so you're, you've, you've broadened your base
0: which is pretty cool yes uh, and posting lots of dumb jokes
1: <laughs> I love it. I've got to say It's, it's great. Uh, okay. Right. So um, the way this is going to work is we're going to be here for about 90 minutes. Um, and we're going to be taking your questions live from the chat. So yes, people who are posting questions, asking if you can ask questions, yes, you can. Um, uh, we're going to be answering your questions. We've also got some questions from the Facebook, and we're going to kick off with one of those now, I think. And then in 15, every 15 minutes, the time is going to go off, and we're going to do a blitz round. We answer questions really quickly. Uh, but the first question, which uh, I'm going to raise, is from Flow. Flo um i guess this is most specific to tom because it's an american uni question back in your freshman year did you already know what you wanted to take as a minor because they're now in their first year studying applied physics
0: and even though it's their hobby they have no idea what field they want to specialize in as their minor yeah are they asking a question with like the assumption that a minor is required i'd assume so okay well
1: This
0: is your education system. All right. So our our education system is not as homogenous as you might think it is because we've got colleges. We have little like tiny liberal arts colleges. We have huge universities which encompass like tiny colleges within them, much like Oxford does. Mm -hmm. So some programs of study across the country will have specializations or minors within a major that you can declare. But mine never had anything like that. So for me, what a minor is, is just an additional smaller program of study, you can tack on to your major. If you want, it can be completely unrelated. For example, I was a management information systems major, which is basically like the IT guy who's going to remove viruses from your computer and block Facebook at work or something like that. And during my junior year, I thought it would be a very good idea to add a public speaking minor to my degree. So I did and I took a few public speaking classes. Eventually I dropped it because I had this realization that I could just go speak yes. instead of spending hours in class to get a qualification. Um, but that was totally optional. It's not like I had to graduate with a minor. So. It's really going to be something that is individual to your school. If you have a program of study where, say, you know, you're know you going into graphic design and your particular graphic design program has you maybe declare a specialization in computer graphics or print design or web design, then you're going to have to ask your advisors and alumni, you know, what's the best time to do that? Cool. Um, right. Yeah. Harish has just pointed out the fact that you are very much better dressed than us, Tom.
1: Thanks for showing us, <laughs> Uh <laughs> Jamie you was you're uh Yeah Jamie, do you
2: want to pick a question from the chat? Um let's see now. I wasn't actually looking, so it's sort of keeping me off guard. So I'm just gonna do the first one that I how, <laughs> I don't understand that question. Um <laughs> uh, it was how do you deal with a shocking teacher? I don't know what that means. Well I felt like if the teacher's not very good. Perhaps. Oh, oh, right. That makes way more sense. I thought it was like they jump in and surprise you at <laughs> you least expect it. Maths! <laughs> like, How do you deal with that at school? I was like, well, first you should laugh because it sounds like they're a great teacher. But okay, shockingly bad teacher. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw that to the floor. So I have some time to think about an answer.
1: <laughs> well, I think the thing to realize about teachers is they are not the person who is responsible for you getting your Um, grade at the end of the day, you are responsible for you getting your grade. The teacher is there to help you get your grade, but you shouldn't think that there's like a one-to-one correspondence between how much effort they put into you and how well you do, or how good they are and how well you do. So, um, if the teacher is bad, then Yes, the the onus is on them to be a good teacher. But you can um, supplement what they do by reading outside of your uh, like uh, in in textbooks that are related to your subject, uh, reading online. There's loads of educational resources now. Um, I I wish when I was in school, when I thought that oh this teacher's not very good, that I just kind of thought well get a textbook out of the library and start studying yourself because mm-hmm. you know you can do that. There's nothing stopping you from supplementing what your teacher, even if they're good you
0: know, supplementing that with your own personal studying. I don't like the the word bad teacher because I think there's too many subdivisions of what, like what bad could be because I've heard people say, oh, I have a bad teacher because he has an accent and I have a tough (laughs) time understanding him. Okay. Sit closer to the front and you'll be able to hear more clearly. And that does help. Um, a lot. I mean, the really big one is sometimes teachers have what's called, I think it's called the expert paradox where like, they're an expert in something so the basics are literally like breathing to them at this point Mm. and it can cause them to gloss over things and go really really fast and they don't even realize they're doing it so what is thought of as a bad teacher might be somebody who just needs to have more questions asked in class more clarifying questions asked and then they can start to to gauge the the level of expertise that their students have and then maybe bring things down or bring them up if they need to uh jamie have you had a chance to think
2: um so yeah i was i sort of went with a similar route to what tom was saying but i was like well what makes a good teacher and i was thinking through teachers that i've had that i thought were exceptional but also ones that i thought were didn't really fit with me so i had an economics teacher in my first year he was so intelligent exactly what tom says he just thought everything that what we were we were asking was just stupid he was like of course it's obvious um, and so when we, we then probed him by constantly asking loads and loads of questions, then he realized, oh, wait, I do need to go to that level. Um, and then we were able to actually create something that was valuable to us. So I would probably, combining all your answers, figure out why it is that that teacher is bad, and then see what you can do proactively, because it's a two-way thing. And I'm speaking about this more from now being in the, the real world and having a boss and having a manager Your manager is meant to be your coach and that's very much how I view a relationship with your teacher they're there to coach you they aren't there to do all the hard work they aren't there to like do all the sit-ups and push-ups if they're like a sports coach for you they aren't there to do all the homework they're there to show you where your weaknesses lay and how you can go about improving them and so you need to show some self-awareness and proactiveness to be able to help them help you Um, if they're shocking because they do shout surprise, or they just shout at everyone all the time. Then that's a slightly different issue. I feel um, this is the wrong live
1: stream. If, if that's but, the issue,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but let's stick with well, I'll stick with the route that we were going down uh, of shockingly bad at teaching you content. You're perceiving their purpose as wrong. Um, yeah, that's
1: me. It's, it's changing your attitude towards the teacher. I, I feel yeah. at least in part. Mm. Um, so, to the person who in the chat, just very quickly, he said they're stuck between maths and physics, choose physics because
2: it's better and harder, and you get all the girls. <laughs> um, now,
1: a <laughs> comparing well question.
2: boys, if you are a female, like oh, yeah, that, way, that way inclined. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, or
0: choose uh, business. <laughs>
1: uh, a question, I want to ask this specifically to Tom, because I think this is something <laughs> you've dealt with on your channel as well, that um, keeps coming up is how to deal with procrastination. A lot of people are saying they should be studying instead of watching this live stream, How to deal <laughs> with, uh, which you probably should be, uh, uh, how to deal with procrastination. So, Tom, floor wait, is yours. Wait, can
2: I just stop there? There is someone in the live stream who said I have an exam tomorrow and we're responsible for them watching this. So how do you deal with procrastination, Tom? <laughs>
0: Turn this live stream off and go study for your test. <laughs> <laughs> Anything we can say here is going to be help. available on my channel as soon as this is finished. You don't have to watch it live. Yeah, oh, procrastination is like one of those um, what do I want to call it? Like summit topics where there's just so much that I get intimidated when it comes up. It's like I'm going to make a procrastination video. Oh, this could be five hours long. One thing I've been thinking about recently is uh, basically I have to. I totally lost my train of thought on there. See, there's like too many things. I can't even think of which one I was thinking of. There's like a zillion of them. Oh, here it is. Okay. So I have been learning to acknowledge my personal nature, which is that I like to work up to the deadline. And the closer I get to the deadline, I really, truly do get more pressured and get more creative. So I've learned what types of activities I can shove close to the deadline and what is a bad idea for me to shove close to the deadline. Like research is a bad thing, but uh, animating (laughs) or practicing for my speech and stuff like that. I do better if I'm kind of working under the wire. So instead of just telling myself, oh, I'm going to. It this time, it's going to be different this time. You know, I'm finally this. This is a straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, I just acknowledge it and I say, all right. If I need to get a video out on Thursday, that's my deadline. I'll start it on Tuesday instead of starting it on Monday or the or the Friday before and just wasting you know a few days to completely procrastination laden work and then getting it out on the same day anyway. So now I just give myself less time and I'll build many deadlines on other projects so I'll say okay I need to you know do this other project we have due uh, by Monday instead instead of putting at the end of the week after the video so uh, another aspect to that as well is giving yourself deadlines and forcing yourself to work
1: under pressure the other Mm. thing to do with that and something I wish I did was to take the foot off the gas a little bit and actually spend less time working and dedicating more time to downtime and doing things like sport Mm. or music because if you're procrastinating while you're working that means that you are like you're not in the peak state to work. If you are super focused on working, that means you're in a great place to work. But if yeah. you take your foot off the gas a little bit and you spend a little bit time, more time on yourself and, and taking care of yourself, then you won't want to procrastinate whilst working because you'll just be, de- you'll be designating time effectively to procrastinate, which is to do things like sport, watch Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, you work better when you're relaxed and happy. You know, n- nobody does their best work when they're really ridiculously stressed and working five minutes for a deadline
0: yeah yeah i'll go through periods where i am i feel very guilty about procrastinating and then what that'll do is that'll make me say oh well i can't go play this fun video game or i can't go hang out with friends this weekend because i'm so busy and then i spend all that really busy time uh checking facebook or i'm just going to check my tweets my email real quick like if you guys could look over my shoulder while i'm animating a video (laughs) uh you would probably slap me be like tom you literally checked your twitter feed 17 seconds ago and then you looked at after effects and then you went right back to twitter what it's you- funny you say that
1: right because i've been filming all this week i've been doing a video like a week in my life and i've been doing some shots over my shoulder of like speeding up footage of me working and then i realized i can't use any of this <laughs> <laughs> it's just me it will look half twitter half work yep It's
0: terrible. So, you know, we procrastinate too. Don't feel like you're a terrible student. I'm terrible at it. I think you just have to mitigate it. You have to acknowledge it. Uh, And something I read in The Power of Habit is like the the most successful people who beat procrastination are the ones who just accept that they're going to do it and they plan for it. So like you said, planning to go get into a sport later on or something like that, that helps me a lot. And I've been actually really bad for the last month or two, uh, about a month and a half. I haven't been going to skating practice because couple of speeches, threw off my schedule, and then I have slipped back into that, I'm too busy, can't go do these things that I usually do because I've got all this work to do, and it's not efficient work. So starting Monday, tomorrow, I'll be back at practice, and I will just be forced to squeeze my work into fewer hours. Jamie?
2: Yeah, that's, um. I mean, Tom basically summed up, there's that expression, which is um, a piece of work will take as much time as you have. It will just like fill the space. Mm-hmm. So what I did at university and what I used to actually do, I did it during GCSE's A-levels in university, but I was less present of the fact that I was doing it back then, um, was that I would make myself busy. I would like say, right, martial arts is at 8.30. Oh, no, so, so my Sunday is a really good example. Martial arts was at 12.30 p.m. So I knew I had to get out of bed, film a video, edit the video, upload the video, all before martial arts, Um, and I would just always get it done. And the videos were actually some of my favorite videos, looking back at them in hindsight. And so it's this self-imposed deadline of you put in some solid bits that just cannot move. You can't change them because they depend on someone else, whether that's like skate practice, martial arts practice, you've got to go catch a bus. And it's at a certain time every single day. Mm -hmm. And that way you're held accountable. But what I do at work, um, and it's hard to do this because you constantly keep on getting interrupted, but I just like lock myself in a room uh, is I put a timer on for 20 minutes and then I work for 20 minutes and I say, I'm not allowed to do anything else around procrastination during those 20 minutes. And in my head, I accept that I can procrastinate when the 20 minutes are up. And if anything pops into my head, like I need to check my Twitter or what do I do a lot? I love checking my emails. I'm like obsessed with my work <laughs> emails. Yeah. Uh, like, cause there's always something coming up on my work emails. Um, and so what I do is I write it down on a little piece of scrap paper. I just have next to me. And then that way I know that now it's out of my head, like bugging me in my brain. It's just on that paper. And then mm-hmm. when my 20 minutes are up, I look at the paper and I'm just like 80% of that stuff was rubbish. Um, and it's just <laughs> rubbish. And then I'm like, wait, but there's this one thing here that I really want to do, which is maybe um, watch that YouTube video I've been putting off for ages that goes into a new Kickstarter that I was interested in. Um, mm-hmm. Or like look up that book. Or actually at the moment it's looking up a new pair of Bose headphones that I've been, keeping my eye on for like the past five years and i think i yep. can now afford. um so like that's how i sort of combat procrastination at a big level and at a everyday level
0: well hold on so a second yeah here. if you just do like two little bit more pieces of research on those bose headphones <laughs> yeah you need those
1: <laughs> <laughs> jamie somebody has just said did you go to atomic burger or atomic pizza when you were at oxford
2: uh i went once in three years right somebody in the chat works there this is an amazing day for me because this is the coolest burger place in the Wait. world, <laughs> Claire. It's <laughs> amazing. So, if we oh. get, like, if we come in, can we like, can we get pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can <laughs> get it directly, please. <laughs> <laughs> look, Tom, it's, it's like,
1: difficult to describe why this place is so awesome it's, it was just like the walls are comic book pages and they have like millennium falcons and thunderbird stuff hanging from the ceiling all the burgers are sci-fi themed um, that awesome imagine, and, imagine
2: like comic con sort of distilled down into a burger place that's yeah. essentially what atomic burger is
1: and also the burgers are amazing like they did one I think it was the blues brothers or it might have been the Jim Belushi <laughs> where it was like burger pulled pork and like meatballs and then cheese on oh my top gosh. and it was like this favorite burger right um sorry that was a bit of a distraction <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Jamie, do you want to pick a actually tom do you want to pick a question yeah, yeah, Jamie tom's getting, definitely tom's oh, good yeah, i need to look at the chat
2: real quick that's exactly uh, right on me i got caught off guard <laughs> <laughs> sorry well, yeah
0: i mean i want to look at the chat but i'm also like trying to pay attention to the conversation here so i'm a shocking youtuber i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> i like to uh yeah shocking youtuber i like to i like this one i hear from luke crosby how do you manage your money when you're in uni oh
1: uh, Here's a fun question. I am not the person to I, I spent <laughs> so much money on random shit from Amazon this month. <laughs> I am not the person to answer this.
0: Me too. <laughs> oh.
1: It's stuff I'm gonna use. Like I definitely yeah, I like, definitely you- worthwhile. Like it was filmmaking stuff, like, like my micro muff uh and and my <laughs> Joby stuff. Yes <laughs> <Just, just laughs> everyone knows.
2: A micro-muff is something you put on a microphone so that you don't get wind disturbance coming through. It's not what you think or like initially thought it would.
1: Hang on, I can rip it off. Okay, this is a (laughs) micro-muff.
2: See this? It's like a little merkin uh it's, yeah it's not what you think it is and it's to decorate a camera not one's person it did come with a sticker that says
1: i, oh. I hold muff on it as well which is... oh, dear. You we, can were, we were totally to googling about this before the live. right line. okay tom how do you manage your money <laughs> let's get back on that uh
0: i was gonna ask you um you just bought a bunch of random crap off of amazon how is that affecting your? Fi- Do you have financial goals, actually, as the first? Um, as a PhD student, my income is very limited. It's ba- it's, it's not hand to
1: mouth, but it's, you know, it's, it's not like I can put a large amount away. I try and put away one to 200 pounds a month in a savings fund, okay. which generally is more of an emergency fund.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like I try to keep that at about a 500 pound balance in case something comes up and I need, to, like, if I needed to buy a plane ticket and I need to go somewhere for some event that I absolutely can't miss then yeah you know, that's what that's for um but generally uh, my budget is basically don't buy anything that's too extravagant just mind what you 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 uh buy and have a little bit left at the end of each month which means that i'm spending of the order of 900 pounds a month at the moment um, okay which you know it's it's basically given my given what i earn i have very few other options <laughs> so you know uh, uh, Jamie, you're, you've actually got a proper job. So you probably be yeah. a bit better to answer.
2: I was going to say, I, I, yeah. So my overall budgeting tips, um, my first one is, oh, wait, hold on. I have two, and they need to be in a certain order. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. So I had this really, really great tip from this YouTuber called Shea Kyle. Uh, mm-hmm. Shay Kyle. And he said, you need to pay yourself first. Yeah. And I just thought, like, that is such an incredible mental shift. Instead of you thinking, oh, I've got all of this money coming out and all these bills and rent and utilities and tuition fees, instead of thinking it like that and then thinking you're at the end, put yourself right at the top. So ten percent of my income, bang straight away, I know I can spend that if I want to, on something that's more of a like fun item, like me going out for dinner, going to the cinema or something. But even then, I'll think through I'll put it through this filter of do I want this or do I need this? And mm-hmm. if, if I need it, then I'll get it. And if I want it, I'm like, oh, well, how long have I wanted it? Is this a phase? Basically, this is this is um, a hangover from my dad. So when I was a kid, I'd always be like, dad, I want these Pokemon cards. Dad, I want this toy. <laughs> and you would be like, Jamie, do you want it or do you need it? And if like, I would ask for it for ages, like months on end, I might get it for Christmas. Yeah. But eventually, I might just, it might just fizzle out because it happened to be a phase at school. So like these Bose headphones, I've been wanting them for five years now. So uh, you don't have to stick yourself to five years as like a desire. But um, now I have a job and my old headphones just broke. I was like, right, now I need headphones. So that's what I do. So I have those two really simple filters of like 10% of income, then the rest on like normal expenses. And then everything else I just put in savings. Because in my life, there's always been a rainy day. and And it's always quite nice to have that buffer. And now I'm looking into wealth management services. So, I mean,
1: Tom, I feel like you're possibly the best person to answer this question because you have something that approaches almost disturbingly an adult approach to finances.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do run a financial podcast as well, so uh, those are really good tips. Though I love the the fir- the first one about paying yourself. Absolutely love that. So. A couple of like tactical things one thing i found is useful and i i don't do this because i'm not a frugal person at all but if you want to be frugal or if you want to curb your spending one thing that's very useful to do is to keep a 30-day list where if you want to buy something you put it on this list ah. uh, it could be like a wonder list or anything that has reminders and then 30 days from now it'll remind you and you'll ask yourself do i still want that and like yes. seven times out of 10 you won't anymore you know
1: that's like I can my, go get my uh, headphones
0: my, yeah, exactly. You've wanted them for a really long time. So that's like, if you, as long as you can afford it, that is a totally legitimate buy. You should totally do that. Whereas podcast
1: called, cool, by the way? Sorry, someone's just asking in the chat, the financial
0: podcast. Oh, the financial one is called Listen Money Matters. There we go. And uh, then my podcast is College Info Geek, but it's very less finance-based. So... Yeah, I'm not a frugal person. I could go get my trade binder with all my holographic Pokemon cards that I still have <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I bought in the last year. <laughs> oh my god, I have mine from the what? '90s. I haven't bought any recently. <laughs> oh, oh, I have some uh, some EXs, like full art Hollows, like those. Yeah, my my friends and I, basically my roommate, this is his fault. Started buying Pokemon cards, and then we started playing again because we were bored. Uh, and I I need to not because I have a little <laughs> bit of an addictive personality with stuff like that. So. I have always been an entrepreneurial person. And even in college, my mindset was never, I can't afford that. My mindset was always, I'm going to stick with my financial goals and then find a way to make more money. So I've always been a more money versus don't buy that kind of person. Uh, When I was in college, that meant I worked 20 hours a week at the campus IT center. And the moment I could find a better paying job, I went and took that job. And then I would like, I would go to the campus wholesale scrap center and i would buy old campus pcs and then i would buy monitors from craigslist and i would put them together and throw linux on them and sell like complete pcs at a higher markup so it was just like i want to buy new headphones uh like these headphones are from college and 150 bucks as a student was a lot so i just found a way to make more money that's always been the way i've done it but when it comes to budgeting, a few things. Number one, I like to view money as like a pipeline where it just comes in and it fills in certain buckets before it can fill anything else in. Uh, and I have a drawing somewhere about of this, and I can, I want to reference, but I can also link to it, um, like a budgeting guide that I made. So we'll put a link to um, your financial stuff in the description, by the way, for people who want to look this up afterwards. If you check back okay. after the live I'll stream, later. The that's I mean you can see it here. There's this picture I drew. If I can find it. Here it is. So yeah. So what I did is like I fill up my expenses. So obviously if I get paid every month, I gotta pay my rent, I gotta pay my electric bill, I gotta pay trash bills, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, I'm gonna be on the street. Um so I guess the the way I personally think about it is I don't actually pay myself first, but I know there's enough left over to pay myself. And then if you have debt, um mentally I think of filling in the debt minimums first. So if you got a credit card. Uh, number one, you should never, ever, ever, ever carry a credit card balance. Like I, I literally, I've been, have I've had a credit card for seven years. have never once paid a single penny in interest. So I'm sure they love me over the credit card companies. But yeah, your debt minimums, you pay those every single month. And then what I like to do is I like to keep two and a half to three times my monthly expenses in a checking account. So that's like my first line of defense emergency fund, if you want to call it. Basically, I can take a punch if I need to. Mm-hmm. Flat tire, I can pay for that. Uh, something happens, I need to go to the doctor. I can pay for that because we have terrible insurance here. I don't know about you guys. Uh, and then I like to also have an emergency fund out of my checking account. That's like 500 bucks is totally good for a student. I think, um, a little, maybe a thousand dollars once you graduate and you have some like more to lose, or if you have like a significant other or something you live with more in there. And then as a student, I was always like a zero debt kind of guy. So I really wanted to pay off my student loans. So that's where All the rest of my money went besides like a very small sliver for personal stuff until I paid all that off. Um, Now I have a car loan, but it's at 2.5% interest and I can make more than that in the market by far. So I don't really try to pay it off very quickly. Um, And then I just have investments that I put in. And I mean, the way that I manage my money is different now because I'm running a business. So I will make tactical decisions like bringing on a contractor and, contributing less to my IRA because I feel that I can generate a higher return through uh, my own efforts as an entrepreneur than I can in the market so it's like I don't put nothing in the market but I still put yeah. some in the market but like for Jamie just to, just you have a, a job
2: better, IRA just for so people who do not familiar with the action. oh yeah
0: yeah so an IRA is like a retirement savings account here in the U.S. so it's like a state state pension
2: we call it national
0: insurance I guess in England Okay. It's, it's not run by the state, but okay. it is. So it's run by a private company, but it's oh, like an account where a I can take, chain. yeah, basically a private pension. I can contribute to it. And then I can't take money out until I'm like 59 and a half years old. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's tax advantages there. Mm-hmm. And then I've realized as an entrepreneur, it's actually less likely that I will be making less money when I'm older than I am now. So it actually is a bad idea for me to tax advantage. My earnings because if I'm making more money when I'm 60, it'll just get taxed at a higher rate. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to change my strategy, but this is like entrepreneur finance. I I feel like we've talked about finances for quite a while. Um,
2: You have the entire spectrum of student budget all the way up to business owner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly
1: right. yeah. <laughs> so we, we've, we've hit our first uh, blitz round. So if people if in the chat, if you're watching this, uh, start commenting your questions, um, and we'll all pick one. So the first, uh, when someone sees one they want to answer, just just go for are it. We an time,
2: are we timing answers? Is this thought, is uh, I think just just
1: keep it keep it short, keep it snappy. You okay. know, the, the opposite minute, of what Tom just
0: did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got? There was one that said, uh, "What are the most time consuming ways to study and how to prevent it?" So that's a good one. Okay, you reading, don't answer. I know why. All right. Oh, wait, what?
2: I have an answer. Okay, go. Reading every single page of a book. Like if they say yes. hey, this is recommended reading, you read it in a linear fashion. You should read the contents page, pick out the most relevant ones, read their conclusions first, and then see whether or not you should read the full part because otherwise mm-hmm. you're just wasting your time. And trust me, no one else is doing that.
0: Yeah, I've always found one of the most time consuming things is reading uh, some of the like supplemental stuff that professors want you to read. Um, You just kind of have to gauge like how important is that actually going to be? What percentage of the test is that going to make up? If it's like 5% and he wants me to read like a 30 page case study overnight, I'm not doing it, you know. (laughs) And then the other thing I was going to say is um, rereading stuff. Just trying to passively expose yourself to information multiple times is like the most time consuming and least effective way to study. So instead, take that time, use it to make quizzes and be actively pulling things out of your brain.
1: Um, Kishma, Al- Alvacar, how to find a good boyfriend like Simon. Start singing. There's one of me in every choir. <laughs> uh, the more serious one, uh, people were asking about the PAT, the physics aptitude test. Um, that
2: is a tooth.
1: No, that was a, <laughs> I hoped you wouldn't notice. That was a mint. It's a, oh,
2: it's, it, uh, <laughs> I was I really like, well, no, crap. dental problems on live stream. <laughs>
1: um, so somebody asked yeah, about about the PAT. Uh, so preparing for the PAT, I did a video about this. It's on my channel. Basically, the short answer is to do past papers, to do um, senior maths challenge papers in the UK. It's very similar kind of format. And In terms of how important it is, it's about equal importance to the interview. Um, in terms of if you get an offer or not, whether you get an interview offer is. Um, they account for the PAT, but also your GCSE results. Once you get to interview stage, the GCSE results are kind of less important. So that's that. That's the Oxford specific thing that I'll answer tonight. Um, Jamie, do you
2: want to pick a question? Yeah, it's a one. Um, If you have to go back to university, would you choose a different degree?
0: (sighs) Bring it to Tom. Like over again or me going back now? Uh, Over again. Over again. Mm, we're getting into some butterfly effect territory here okay, yeah maybe
2: we should make okay sign well, i'll rephrase the question with the person just so we don't get into uh chaos theory um if you had to go do another degree what would you do
0: if i had to go do another degree i would yeah. do acting and statistics those are two very different things i know right so I, i'm well, very double major would be interesting. I'm very fascinated with statistics. Um, I've read about like Bayesian statistics, how it was used in like World War II and stuff like that. Uh, amazing stuff. And I, I love how Bayesian statistics and probability factor so much into human rationality and how the brain works. I just am absolutely fascinated by those topics. And then I would do acting because I've just learned that the ability to conduct yourself well in social situations and, and speak well and listen well is just applicable universally mm. and acting would teach me that better than I think anything else would. I mean, public speaking might be a, a second one, but acting is going to really teach you how to engage in multiple different types of things. So even if I don't want to be the actor, you know, um, I, I think
1: it'd would be a, well. a nice supplement. Uh, to answer this, I'm, I've already said this before, uh, it's either going to be history or PPE, because Jamie and I I think did a video where we both said that we, we, we if we were going by what we were good at, we'd actually would have done each other's subjects. You would have done physics and I would have done PPE.
2: What's PPE? <laughs> uh, my degree, so philosophy, politics, and economics.
1: A oh. common question has been, by the way, Jamie, what was your favorite part of the degree? That's been asked quite a few times. Um...
2: I really liked ethics. I thought ethics was fascinating. I really like being uh, trying to figure out what is it that we should, what standard should we judge our actions by, like what is good, what is bad, and how that evolves over time. But yeah, so ethics specifically. Um, but if I could choose another one, it would be going into the minutia of different regions, like the politics of South Asia, of Japan, of China, and really understanding how. those different dynamics, the way in which they've designed their political system results in completely different outcomes because you also get like Mm -hmm. cultural
0: nuance. But on the whole, uh, ethics. I love those questions. And just thinking about little tiny minutia like that, like uh, what would have happened if like you had two Chinese emperors that were both really into exploration? Like the entire course of world history would have been completely different. A really interesting yes, book, which, exactly. which I'm reading about this at the moment, is Sapiens
1: Brief History of Humankind, and it deals with these kind of big questions. So I,
0: I sent you
2: a message. Um, it's not of my recommendation, I'm sure. I'm sure you heard about it Yeah, before. I was reading it before, yeah. Yeah, there was a chapter. there's a chapter in it that goes into why is it that the West colonized the world, mm-hmm. when China and the Muslim states had far better technology, far more wealth, and it comes down to actually, I think Tom knows must, must know a bit about this, the uh, Harari just concludes it's because they didn't care. They didn't want to colonize the world. It was the, contra- it was the
1: attitude that they already knew how big the world was, and Europeans admitted yeah. ignorance and said, you know, we're going to go out and discover what
0: is new. Mm-hmm. Well, it was that, but it was arguably also the Mongols. Yeah, that was another fact. They just like wrecked everyone except the Europeans, and the only reason they didn't wreck the Europeans was because their Khan died both times they were about worry. to come wreck us. So, <laughs> right.
1: We need to stay on, on target. I'm going to put another <laughs> Blitz round on. We're doing this a lot. This happens every time the Tom and I stay. We always end up talking about random crap. Uh, right. Uh, Gendry Morocco. Simon, ever, ever thought about engineering? Yes, i thought about engineering before. Um, does someone else want to pick a question?
2: There's uh, lots about dentistry. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, sorry about that.
2: I just messaged with the bow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just getting that book in the chat, so I remember it. Ather Diab, thoughts on Trump.
1: They are not broadcastable. Um.
2: <laughs> oh, this is a nice one. Um, how do you deal with being away from your friends and family? Did your high school friendships fade away or have you kept in touch with old friends? A good question.
1: I've kept in touch with a, um, a, a core unit of like my high school friends. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, kind of two. were like kind of two slightly overlapping friendship circles, but that's of the order of about five to ten people. Um, the thing is, I'm not a terribly emotive person. I don't, I don't really care about people a huge amount if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a physicist, for goodness sake. Um, but like the, the core cool people that I, re- I do like and actually do care about and don't mind spending time with, I think you, you, you just naturally make time for it. Although having something like a group WhatsApp or a Facebook message thread, for like your, for, it's a really good way of, kind of just keeping on, on top of things. Mm. Um, stuff like a general Facebook or a Twitter doesn't really seem to cut anymore. You have to have like a, a sub unit. Uh, to interact with. But I feel like if things are important to you, just kind of keep, keep in touch. Don't, don't worry that your best friends are going to drift away. Um, you know, if they do drift away, then it's because it was maybe meant to happen. But if they, if you actually really
0: care about them and you really get along, you'll keep in touch. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I barely, I barely talk to any high school friends anymore. Like maybe one or two, Mm. uh, with college friends. See what I realized is like high school friends. I was, I was good friends with them, but a lot of them were friends by proximity. And we didn't have a whole lot in common whereas when i went to college there was more of just a filter of like people who are interested in my kind of stuff i was in a computer engineering uh dorm group and even though i wasn't an engineer i'm still kind of a computer nerd so with those people i have made my best efforts to keep a lot of them around just by living with them um staying in touch that really helps and like you said we do have a group facebook thing but also one thing I've realized is like, it's when you get out of college, it's really, really easy to just like fall into patterns and hang out with a very small group of people. Definitely. And you just have to be like that one person who organizes stuff because most people won't. They'll wait for someone else to do it. And then they'll think, well, why don't my friends ever call me anymore? Because they're all thinking the same thing and not taking <laughs> action. So um, the few friends I have who like put together things are you know, very thankful for them. Yeah. And nice friendships.
2: You nice know? friendships. Um, They'll survive depending on how much effort you put in them. So exactly what Tom said, I noticed that after I graduated, I was seeing my friends dramatically less because we used to live next door to each other, right? So you inevitably will do. And I think this question is sort of hitting on the point of loneliness and the feeling of loneliness. Um, One is I found that I organize events. Like, I organize a theater trip with all my friends and I bug them. And we have a Facebook group, so we're constantly interacting with one another. And people just post stupid things in there. And that's one way of doing it putting the effort in. If something, if a friendship means a lot to you, put the effort into it. But there's also this other point about what Tom said about I don't talk to my high school friends really at all. Mm -hmm. Exactly what Tom said it's proximity. It turns out we had very, very little in common. um like what i found really stimulating really wanted to do is uh not what they did um and so at university over the course of three years you like distill down to a really core friend group and now they're all over the world but i would still call Mm -hmm. them my best friends um uh yeah those are my my two things
1: Okay, just to move it along then uh, again so we don't get too stuck into one question. Uh, I'm going to take one that we had before from the Facebook. Uh, This is from Simran, who's one of our Australian...
2: Oh, no, sorry, uh, beg your pardon. Can I just stop you there? You said the Facebook. Are you like a (laughs) 60-year-old man? You said that earlier as well, like pre-life... Why do you
1: take it from the Facebook? You know, it's like the Facebook group that we have or the event. Also, the Facebook was its original name, if you remember the uh, the social network. A Mark Zuckerberg production. (laughs)
2: from yep. <laughs> the you. class watch <laughs> over me <laughs> okay if you're doing it ironically excuse me I'm sorry <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, that, I, I called it the Facebook because I'm from the West Country and English isn't like my first language um, so yeah, this is one of our Kiwi viewers, um, who's uh, a Simran, uh, has asked, how easy is it to make friends at university? So kind of related, note. they're a relatively shy person, they don't like going out drinking and clubbing, um, and they have a massive fear they're going to be alone for the whole three years at uni. And I think this is like a pretty common theme with a lot of people who um, are in the stream, perhaps and a lot of people who comment mm-hmm. on my channel. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know. when I was 18, uh, I was like committed to not drinking. And I was actually afraid that I would go to college and literally everyone else would be like fucking animal house and I would be alone. <laughs> That's not the case. I would say maybe like 20 percent of college students, if that, uh, regularly go out and party and drink and then maybe a higher percentage, will like occasionally drink or something. So it's a very vocal minority is the point there? like it's yeah, people- like you see him in the streets doing whatever, but it's most people are in their dorms or hang, out hanging out or they're at the magic card shop plan match gathering. And I'm there with them. Uh, I just at college, I found it really, really easy to make friends because people are really, really outgoing and really into setting up interest-based groups. And I mean, the bigger university you go to, the more they're going to be, I think. But again, you can be the person who sets this stuff up. When I went into college, number one, they had some stuff that was like set up to help you meet people immediately, like freshman orientation week. They had, you know, house meetings to get to know people in your in your dorm house. And then there was like, uh, it was called Club Fest, where you'd go and like there was a big smattering of the 800 clubs at our university had booths. And you could come in and be like, oh, do I want to be part of downhill off-road skateboarding club or skydiving club? Or maybe I want to be part of a board game night. Like there's anything and everything. Uh, also like major based and professional stuff. So for me it was just like get involved in those things and I naturally met friends. Don't yeah. be afraid to be geeky. don't don't be afraid to yeah, like embrace
1: it. what you know what you're passionate about because you always have this fear of like oh I I can't be seen to be too enthusiastic about this cuz people won't want to be friends with me. That ironically keeps you from being friends with the
0: people that you were going to be really good friends with. It does. Yeah. So embrace yeah. that. You know, embrace the moment uh, the moment somebody figures out how weird you are, uh it, either maybe maybe they'll be a little weirded out but a sizable portion will be like, Hey, I'm weird that way too. And then like you're immediately friends. Whereas if you're just trying to be all cool and normal, it's just so surface level that all you talk about is like the weather.
2: Yeah. Completely. I made none of my best friends in a club. I made them either playing board games, chilling out in people's room, drinking tea or going to ice hockey, at like midnight walking past everyone who was going to a club with a beer in their hand. That's what we found interesting (laughs) Like, go join societies um, and just interact with people. And, like, when you go there, I feel as though this is, like, to draw the dichotomy of, like, an extrovert and an introvert, I am actually naturally an introvert, even though I come across as a massive extrovert. I -hmm. just always set this expectation in my head. I want to have one conversation with one person tonight. And that was my bar. And that was really easy for me to fulfill because I just like go up to someone and go, hey, and talk about like whatever we're eating or the snacks or like why are you here. Um, And then eventually it just evolves and they happen to know some people already and then you get into that group. Um, So if you're introverted, you're pretty shy, you don't really have to network, just go with that expectation and just like be interested in other people. If you show interest Mm -hmm. in other people, they'll be interested in you.
1: I'd like to point out, actually, there's a video uh, that was just released on the Oxvlog channel. If you don't know, Oxvlog is this channel which we set up a couple of years ago where people, students at Oxford vlog about their lives from all across the colleges and subjects and years. And I think it was Jessie just published a video about doing Freshers Week as somebody who doesn't drink and is quite introverted. So if you want to see her individual okay. experience there, that's, that I th- and I, there's other people on the channel who have done that before as well. I think the bottom line that we're all agreeing on is don't be worried about it. Like mm-hmm. You're not going to be alone. Just be yourself and sign up to things that you're interested in don't feel you have to conform because conformity sucks um, be you yeah absolutely and you'll meet great people like with me I, I I'd never really did that at Oxford and I really regret it because I came here to Exeter and I kind of fully embrace being geeky and musical and I've got like some fantastic friends so mm-hmm. yeah
2: absolutely do that
1: uh, does someone want to pick a question from the chat I've been very bossy I'm very sorry if this, this, no no this no, no you're,
2: you're like the MC um, oh I'll
1: take that <laughs> Uh, right. Yes, someone, please pick a question.
2: Oh, this one's interesting one, for Simon because like, I kind of want to know the answer. Um, I've heard that there's no money in physics. Um, can I get a good career from it? Like, is it a good career move? Oh, my God. I, mean, I, want, I want you more to, like, dispel myths or maybe give a reality check.
1: Right, okay. I've, I've seriously thought about making a video about this for years because everybody asks this. If you do a physics degree, that does not mean you're going to end up doing a, uh, you know, like a physics become a physics professor or a teacher or work in a lab physics is arguably one of the most employable degrees in the world because it teaches you skills that are applicable to basically anything like logic problem solving numeracy uh, programming um as physics graduates are sought after across like uh, finance accounting consultancy yeah there is the teaching and the research role and the engineering side of things but it's basically anything that involves problem solving it's that space. That's kind of like the bottom line, really. And specifically, like using logic and maths as well. Um, you, people love employing physics graduates. If you look at like the destinations and how the success rate of people going into employment, don't think it's a dead end job for Christ's sake. It's a fantastic degree. And you, know, you can end up doing anything. Yes, I ended up doing a PhD after doing physics but, but like other people for goodness there was a girl i knew who um started doing law she moved to a law firm after doing physics uh, oxford physics and um like she was earning seventy thousand pounds within two years after graduating so yes wow. there's money in it uh, if you want to follow that um yeah ran over sorry that's been a, <laughs> a bug did she a go to law school or did she go straight there from physics she went straight there from physics. I think there were, might have been a conversion course at some point.
2: Yeah, there's a conversion course for a year which has tuition fees, but then after that, you're, oh, okay. you're a lawyer. You can then uh, go in and either become a solicitor or become a barrister. Um, if you go down the barrister route, uh, that's where you need to do way more tuition because you need to get pupillage. I know like, I have so many lawyer friends, so I've had this lecture <laughs> a lot. Uh, it seems to be lawyers really love talking about law, uh, so I found all this out. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Uh, there's like a bunch of words in there I have never even heard before (laughs) barrister and tutelage well I've heard of them but I just don't know what they mean Tutelage. sorry your American accent is
1: adorable sometimes Tom I I love it (laughs) wait what am I saying tutelage wrong
2: no uh, you're saying it right but it just sounds cute (laughs) bless you Uh,
1: was there a question about competitiveness
0: yes so i think there was asked a couple times how do you deal with um just a lot of competitiveness at university or even in real life
1: Hmm. Uh, i am a terrible person so i get very competitive (laughs) 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 well okay it's not that i want to win i just don't like losing (laughs) (laughs) there's a difference it's not like it's not that i want other people to lose i just don't Mm want to lose myself uh, yeah. So, I mean, and I feel like, um, that manifested itself very poorly at Oxford. I perceived myself going into my degree as being at the bottom of the, the pile and I had to mm-hmm. claw and fight my way up, which is a terrible way of looking at things because it meant that I started out like by assuming that I was bad. I kind of made myself be worse at the subject than I would otherwise have been. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Um, I think it's fine to be competitive as long as it's not destructive.
0: Uh, it- I mean, Jamie, the way I interpreted that question was they're they are anxious because there are so many other highly competitive people who who is better than them. How do you deal with the anxiety of dealing with that? (sighs) Mm,
2: Jamie, I'm really sorry. I didn't catch the question. I caught the beginning, but not the end, Tom.
0: Okay, so uh, somebody in the chat was asking about how you deal with competitiveness in university. And I guess the way that I interpreted it was how do you deal with the fact that there's a lot of other highly competitive people there who may be objectively better than you in certain aspects that maybe seem to be the most important aspects. Okay. Um, you know, better grades, that kind of stuff.
2: Um, uh, let's see. There's an anecdote.
0: So, uh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, Jamie, oh, do you want to answer?
2: Wait, no, I want to hear the anecdote now.
1: I do <laughs> have an anecdote. I'll give it afterwards. It, it's, it's not from me. This is from Feynman. So Richard Feynman, for those of you who don't know, uh, was a fantastic physicist um, and an incredible character from the 20th century. He worked on the Manhattan Project. He was this incredibly smart guy um, but I think he suffered from this as well he suffered from basically caring what other people think and, and worrying about anxiety and stuff and so his first wife because um, she died of tuberculosis I want to say yeah. um, uh, she, she gave him a set of pencils uh, to work hard with and along the, the spine of every pencil was what other people think about you and like, the message of giving him that was like if you're worried about what other people think just don't think about that let your work speak for you like that is the that mm. is the important thing um don't, don't if I, okay i'm gonna put this very bluntly don't give a shit about what other people think just do your thing i think is the, 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 <laughs> the bottom line
2: um, i was gonna say like when i first got into oxford which is by far the most competitive environment you perceive you've ever been in yeah because mm-hmm. some people are not competitive, but you think it's really elite and everyone else there is really elite. The first thing I did in my first term was like, oh, no, I'm not understanding this as fast as that person's understanding it. But I was able to understand other things faster than other people were. And what you end up discovering is you, are, you have strengths, you have natural strengths. And if you were to invest your time in developing those strengths, uh, there's a multiplier effect. So say like your base level is like your base talent is five and someone else's base talent is one, and you put in effort and that multiplies it by five, you're at 25 and they're at five because you just have natural aptitude to it. There's a really good book called Strength Finder Mm. 2.0. This is what we've done at work. We've done loads of introspection at work recently to try to figure out, well, how do we build together really great teams that have, um, as a unit, you're complete, but as individuals, you just have really great strengths and each other, you make up for each other's weaknesses. So what I did was I ended up, really appreciating what it is that I'm very good at and complimenting myself with people who were good at the stuff I wasn't and ended up carving out a niche so I love entrepreneurship no one else did um and I was like well I want to that's what I want to be successful at that's what I want to compete at um yeah. and then um uh, hence this YouTube channel and now um I work at a startup and I'm building a business out there and that's what gives me fulfillment so I guess you worry the person who asked the question I see your worry as sort of One, you're worried about being left behind because there's so many people out there who are really competitive and you don't like competing, potentially. Compete on terms that you want to be motivated by is, one, what I would say because if your actions and you're getting great output, you'll be recognized for that. And if you aren't being recognized for it, then you're probably not in an environment that's right for you. I made a massive point of making sure I work at a company that was really meritocratic. And rewards its employees and recognizes its employees based on results um, and then the other thing is um, try to do some introspection try to figure out what it is you want to be a winner at
1: yeah yeah, that is a fantastic it's, answer it's, it's, it's asking what do you want people to like speak about at your funeral like,
2: you yeah this is such a good exercise I can't remember who said it but one of my friends gave me the tip and I think they got it from like someone in Silicon Valley write your eulogy which is what someone will write about you after you've died This other really great experiment, and I got this from a Jewish lady, um, actually, that I met in a coffee shop. I was just sitting in this coffee shop, writing uh, writing in my notebook, and she's like this 80-year-old lady who just said, hey so what are you doing today? And I was like, oh my God, why is she talking to me? That's <laughs> such a British response. And then I was like, no, I shall, I shall say hello to this lady. We ended up speaking and going for a walk around the park and going to a bookshop. We, like went on a, we basically went on like a date for four hours. Um, <laughs> but she, like amongst, she, it turns out she was a refugee from Paris who was escaping during World War II because the Nazis were coming into power. And she was one of the kinder children. Um, and then she gave me some really good advice. And one of the pieces of advice was um, she would put herself into the shoes of herself 10 years into the future and write about what she would tell herself, present day self. And for some reason, it just shifts your mindset and you end up viewing your life really objectively. And all those little things you're worried about just seem to dissolve. And she was like, I managed to get such perspective on my life by doing that every like three months, six months. It was just sensational. And I I highly recommend that you do it. And I've been trying it out. I've done it twice now. And it really, like, aligns me. Uh, Like, my my thoughts, my words, and my actions have become far more aligned and far more sturdy against the forces of what other people think.
1: Right. I'm going to have to cut that off there, because we've been on that (laughs) for a while. Um, uh, It's also time for another Blitz. So people in the chat,
2: please start spamming your comments, not that you haven't been already. Can um, I just quickly take a question? Someone asked me, so I'm into older ladies, not, <laughs> 80, not 80 year old ladies, but if they have great wisdom, then you'll definitely be able to get a conversation out of me.
1: Absolutely. They you know. <laughs> just just a number, man. <laughs> uh, right now everyone pick a question, please. And um, let's get these, let's get through some questions. Uh, how do you
0: manage stress? Is that a good blitz question?
2: Uh what's sleep? sleep. Quit stress tone. I know sleep, diet, and building in time for yourself.
0: Weightlifting. It's a great stress reliever, I can assure you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, weightlifting, uh, going to skating practice, playing some overwatch. I do, I do Tai Chi now.
2: Oh, do yes. Yeah, I've been doing okay. it for like four months. I'm going to Japan to go on a Tai Chi retreat, actually, in uh, one awesome. month.
0: Oh, no, nice. uh, so cool. Is we'll this your you second trip back to Japan?
2: Yeah. So it's going to be the second time I've been there for a while. So I pinged all my friends, um, and we're going to have oh, a big reunion cool. over karaoke. Oh, nice. It's
1: a Tai Chi retreat where like, you run away, but very slowly and elegantly.
2: Yes, with incredible <laughs> <time>. <laughs> uh,
1: Somebody uh, here who was it uh, was. Adiran has asked, how can they learn
0: coding, or what's the best way to learn coding? Quick answers. I can answer learn. that. I'll wait, go. Uh, treat coding like a tool. Don't, don't tell yourself, I want to get really good at hammering. Tell yourself, I really want to get good at building a certain thing and then go find the coding language that's going to help for, for that because your interest in the outcome is going to help you ramp up your learning very, very quickly. Absolutely. So if you've identified a language that works, say JavaScript, then go find a re, uh, resource like Codecademy or Treehouse have great courses. Shove yourself into that and then start building stuff as soon as you possibly can. Just start coding, really. Like, yeah. I taught myself to code in Python by saying, I'm going to build a climate model. And then mm-hmm. I just kind of did it. Um, and download stuff other people have built that you're interested in and then, like, dig into it and see how it works. And Stack Exchange, for goodness sake. Just Google, if you have a problem, <laughs> yes. Google yeah. and
1: see what other people... Because someone else has had that problem before.
0: It's on Stack Exchange, yep. Uh, Jamie, do you want to pick a question?
2: Uh, oh, wait, crap. I was Googling Stack Exchange. Oh, no. Because um, I know that as Stack Overflow.
0: Are they two different things?
1: Oh, uh, is it, it Stack Exchange? It's the same thing. the...
0: Stack Overflow is the is the is programming or one of the programming channels on Stack Exchange, which is like all kinds of question and answer one. Like I use the woodworking Stack Exchange a lot now. So it's just like any kind of question, there's probably a Stack Exchange community for it. Okay. Uh, um,
2: yeah. there's, there's a very self-indulgent question, which is, Jamie, what exactly are you doing now? <laughs> well, you have been away for a while. That's <laughs> my <laughs> Um, so I'll take that. But then also another question I'd love us to all discuss together. And maybe this could be the end of the Blitz round. We could do this question. But how okay. do you cope with mental stress? Or I guess mental illness is sort of what I then reread it as. Um, if we want to go down that route, I don't know if that's too deep for everyone. Um, uh, but I think it's a pretty important question. It is. Um, I words, a- I'll give you guys time to think about it. And our our answer the self-indulgent question of what exactly am I doing now? Okay. Um, so <clears throat> I graduated... Um, I turned down my job offer from Google because I found the company was really big and I decided to join a startup. Um, instead, I joined the startup with um, the CEO and the sales team. And now the startup's going from like 17 people to 160 people. And we're in London in San Francisco and Lisbon. And the, the company itself, it does identity verification. So you get all these different remote services that were previously offline that are now online. So getting into an Uber going on the Airbnb, booking a room, getting a cleaner, coming to your house. Um, all of these services, we background check all those people. So if you get into an Uber car in London, it would have come to the company that I work for. And that was actually one of the deals I'm most proud of um, working on. So I do business development. So there are two parts of the company. There's like the Uber part and also there's a the financial part and I head up that. So I'm basically, in a nutshell, my job now is to grow a business from nothing to something.
1: Cool. Awesome. I mean, that's cool because I remember you came to Exeter, didn't you? Uh, just as you were, it was debating the Google offer. So it's, yes. it's like we're touching base again, <laughs> which is quite nice. Yeah, um, exactly. We haven't spoken much, although we both have exciting possible news uh, like about video projects in the future. Yes, we do. So we
0: we'll tell you, Tom, afterwards, but it's very exciting. Yeah. I can, okay. It's really exciting. I'm excited to hear about it. Okay. Should, we, should we dive into this question?
2: Yeah. Uh, what, can you restate the question, please, Jamie? Yes. So how do you cope with mental stress slash illness?
1: Um, I'm going to jump in with this. I, am, I did an interview with Sally LePage about this, uh, Oxford YouTuber, um, and we talk about this quite a bit. Um, I feel like we have a problem generally as young men, like I think in particular, uh, but generally in society, uh, that we don't talk about mental health issues enough. And mm-hmm. I feel like the first step to trying to deal with mental stress is to be open and honest about it and talk to people you trust about how you're feeling. And that can seem like a very alien thing. Certainly when I was at uni, I would never have done that. And, and that's something that was, that was a, a very wrong with me. Um, that's the, the first step is to be like communicative about how you're feeling. And don't think that you're wasting... If you're at university, you don't think you're wasting mental health services time. Um, I did a whole bunch of videos uh, with the mental health services at X D University talking about this, and they basically said, we want to hear from you. Like, if yeah. you're going through something and you feel like you're you're uh, having a, a tough time, you're not wasting our time, please just come and talk to us. We don't have to go through loads of counseling. It can be a five-minute consultation just to tell you, yeah, you're going to feel fine, just take a little break. Um, you know,
2: it, it, use the services available to you because they are there to be used by you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the, the two big things that i have well, Yeah, so... I would love to add to that by saying by changing the question slightly to what how do you cope with physical stress and physical illness if you have a cold or the flu and it's been bugging you for a couple of weeks you go to the doctor um if like you're feeling quite tired and you've been feeling tired for an ages you'll probably tell your friends about it or your family and then they'll like help you out you should treat mental illness and mental stress is exactly the same Mm-hmm. Um, go seek professional help. And the first thing, um, like if you don't want to do that, and obviously I encourage you to try put a name on what it is that you think you're going through. There are so many great resources here in the UK. Um, I'm sure Tom can probably speak to the US as well. Um, in the UK, we have NHS Direct. If you type your symptoms into Google, um, though sometimes you will get some scary stuff just avoid the daily <laughs> mail at all costs because the daily mail will hands down regardless of what I- you have will say it's probably cancer rest assured it probably won't be that serious um <laughs> well, <but then> <laughs> yeah yeah the daily mail is just really weird it's like fox news i guess it's the only equivalent i can think of mm-hmm. but put a name to it because if you're going through something like this and you, it's like inside you it gets really scary but if you can put a name to it that makes it far less terrifying. It's like shining a light on the monster in your bedroom and you realize, wait, it's actually this toy and I can now manage this. Um, yeah. And once you've identified the problem, you can go about tackling it. It's like if a doctor can't diagnose what your illness is, they can't prescribe the right uh, like, routine to get you back onto the road to great health. So that's yeah. my two tips.
0: I think uncertainty is one of the biggest multipliers of stress and fear. You know, for example, a while ago, I had like this constant pain in my chest and I was like, do I have cancer? Am I going to die? Uh, and then finally got it checked out. And it's like, no, this is costochondritis. Basically, your um, your cartilage is inflamed a little bit that connects to your sternum. So eat better food. You know, <laughs> it's not going to kill me. It hurts, but it's not going to kill me. So I don't even care about it anymore. You know, I just do what I can. Um, yeah, I would echo. Try to put a name to it and then talk to people you trust about it. This was something that I got confronted with because uh, I got an email from somebody who deals with chronic fatigue syndrome, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know what that was. But he was responding to this video that I put out. That was basically just like, if you, if you don't feel like it, just feel like it and do it, yo, you know. And I think in a lot of situations that's still useful. But he's like, there are certain people who literally just cannot, you know, at a certain point in the day. So. I'm still not an expert with this, but I did put together a page on my site of uh, like learning disability and mental illness resources. A lot of other sites that are better than mine uh, and it also has like a form at the bottom where people can suggest new ones. So I'm trying to basically build out a centralized resource for this. And we'll put that in the description of this uh, live stream when it's finished as well. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, if you, the one, the one that came to mind was specifically ADHD, there's a fantastic YouTube channel called How To ADHD. And this girl is like her entire channel is dedicated to people who struggle with this. Uh, and she has really good content. So check that out too. There's a lot of stuff out there. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's a very thorny subject and it's something that I feel like, you know, almost everybody has had some interaction with it to various degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, to echo what Jamie said about, um, viewing it as an extension of your physical health. I can say that I think it was about a year ago. I, um, I didn't even realize it was a problem. I I was so stressed that I actually developed breathing problems uh, that were psychosomatic. So uh, I physically thought that I was having like pneumonia or lung problems just because I wasn't. My stress was making me not breathe properly. Mm. So it's very possible for it to bleed into your physical health. So don't view them as two separate entities. They very much interconnect.
2: Um, Yeah, my my other my friend had this. She was experiencing really bad headaches, and it turns out it was because her jaw was really really tight. And so she went to a dentist, like as you would, right? And he said, "Actually, just try relax. Like over the next few weeks, just try relax." And she did, um, and she just sort of chilled out, and then the headache went away. And she was like, "That's so weird, <laughs> but it's true." And I think
1: that's a really good discussion. That that was really good, actually. Good choice, Jamie. Uh, does somebody else want to pick a question? The chat has been listening to us. I can tell. <laughs>
2: it's been very quiet. I. Might have to go soon. <laughs> I don't know how long oh. the live chat was meant to be. <laughs> oh, um, it was going to be another half hour. It was going to be from seven till eight thirty. Okay, okay, I can maybe tough it out until then. Okay, cool. I've got to go to a party after this as well, so I'm keen to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we love you, and um, please keep on asking us questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please, please do. Uh, <laughs> I know somebody asked me if if I ever see tuition rates in the US going down, uh, and. Just to answer that quickly, without some sort of drastic intervention, I don't. Because it just seems like the government continues to create programs to try to make aid more available to students. And by the laws of the free market, uh, the universities will raise their rates as a response. It's just what's going to happen. So well, it's, it's, we're
1: seeing a similar thing in the UK as well. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the rates have skyrocketed to nine thousand pounds a
0: year, which is nothing compared which to. Which seems America. so low. See, it's it's nice for you because you, you guys have a cap, right? Like they can't go past that, right? Mm. Uh, it's now linked to inflation, know. though, uh, and a uh, further
1: difficulty is it's now going to be linked to um, how good the university is. Uh, in, in the coming in the future so there's going to be a tiering system where if you can afford to pay more you can go to a better university which is a great idea thanks the conservative government i love that you. doesn't sound great at all yeah uh bloody tories um anyway <laughs> uh, actually no i did have a question before molly um who is um with us from oxford first year of oxford how do you avoid burning out and this has been asked a few times mm. uh, take breaks
2: by definition
0: Uh, absolutely um also so one thing that i had a very good discussion with a friend of mine you need to start i mean this is harder when you're a student but you need to start asking yourself like why am i doing what i'm doing am i just doing it because i committed to it a while ago uh maybe it no longer meshes with my goals and with my values but i just got into it for some other reason just i think building some self-awareness And analyzing what you're doing on a daily basis and asking yourself, is this actually getting me towards something I care about? Or is it, you know, does it no longer, does it no longer matter to me? Um, And then see, see if you can outsource things or see if you can like cut things, you know, are you doing something that you feel somebody else has pressured you to do and you just keep doing it? All right, well, maybe stop doing it or try something new. Uh, Jamie?
2: Um, Sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one.
2: Yeah. Like force yourself to get, I'm going to say eight hours. I know everyone's different, but I'm just going to say eight hours. Force yourself, be really like treat your sleep like religion, like, or like a religion. And if you don't have a religion, make sleep your religion. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're really disciplined about your sleep, you will not try pack too much into your day um, such that you will pre- have the breaks, you will burn out, you won't burn out, and you'll be able to have way more perspective on problems. Like, every, oh, the vast majority of bad decisions I make can be attributed to me being sleep-deprived. Um, and uh. also, if, you're, if you are sleep-deprived, you aren't very good at processing through your emotions. Um, and so all the stress just builds up, and all of that just culminate, culminates into itself of you burning out. Um, so I would say sleep. Treat sleep like your religion.
1: Uh, that is perfect timing, actually. Because um, we're just in time for our next Blitz round. So I think we'll have this one, and then one more before the end of the live stream. I'm going to limber up Now, Somebody asked Very quick uh, you, Where was it Somebody asked uh, how do you balance being uh, A straight A student and having a social life Any tips on that one
0: hmm. Yeah um, Prioritize Well I don't know about prioritize but commit To having a social life Because what I found is that people with social Lives have more dynamic lives They're more energetic they're more exuberant Because they have that but they also make it a point to set goals for their studies and to make sure they're they're getting that, you know, they're achieving those goals. But I think when you have a social life, it's just like when you have some sort of activity you're really excited for. You naturally have to compress your working hours and be more efficient with them. So, you yeah, know, this goes like the time we made the yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I've got you know, I've got a thing I'm going to at 7 p.m. Obviously, I need to get my work done before then because I can't skip out on it. You know, and if I don't, I know people who, who literally studied. That's all they ever did is just they just studied or they had like triple majors or something like that. And a lot of them burned out because it's just you're not giving yourself a variety of activities. You're not giving yourself social interaction, which you do need.
1: Yeah, it's important. Don't skimp on it. Don't feel like you're an island that can stand alone against everything because. Also,
0: if, um, if studying makes you feel
2: guilty, remember that everything that you're reading in a book is the consequence of going out into the real world, observing it, and then writing it in a book. So you could treat your social life like uh, a time for you to learn more. Like I talk to all my friends, I discuss topics with them that I've been studying, and it solidifies the knowledge with me. Or I talk to someone, they give me a completely different point of view to something that I've been mulling over for ages. And Mm -hmm. also during the time when you're like chilled and relaxed, your brain goes into its diffuse state. Like use, I've dabbled in neuroscience for a bit, but basically your brain relaxes and you aren't in a stress mode and you're able to make connections between thoughts that you couldn't do before. And so, you know, when like you, you can't remember where you put your keys and then suddenly you're just like walking down the road five hours later and you're really relaxed and you go, I remember where my keys were. That's yeah. the, same, it's the same sort of thing. So don't treat having a social life like a trade-off between getting smarter Um, and getting dumber or like making or losing ground because it all contributes it's the thing that tom said about this balanced lifestyle
0: yeah i think the formula for for success and for creating really good work is like you have these long periods of focused effort and attention at whatever you're doing and then you get away from it and you go like you said expose yourself to new ideas i'll go i probably travel to events once every couple of months and every time I come back from an event, whether it's me speaking at a school or going to a conference, I am freaking pumped. And my first few days after that event, are like always my most productive days. I'm just like, let's get at it, you know, because I now it's like re-injected a reason and some energy into my life. I had this at work. I know this is a blitz
2: round, but like yeah, for you know, there, was, there was a quarter at work. It's like, so a so is three months. And I took one month off and I managed to have the final two months of just getting everything done. And because I went on this break and I had to get all my work done and then came back so refreshed, my end of quarter review was like, we have no idea how you managed to do that without being here for a third of the time. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just really well rested and really focused. Yeah. Right. Let's let's get some more
1: questions in. Um, right. Brexit. People who keep asking about Brexit. It's a goddamn disaster. All right. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. It's terrible for higher education in this country. That's the end of the subject. Um uh, no, we can't find you a time turner, whoever keeps asking about that. Um, uh, how do you decide between maths or oh, engineering and physics? You study physics, you don't think about it. Um, what Interview tips. Interview tips. This is a good subject. Um, right. This will be the last question. I'll start the timer for the blitz round again because we just
0: blitzed. I blitzed angrily for several. All right. Literally Sorry. best interview tip I have. Th- this is a total mindset thing. I mean, you can. There are tons of tactical things we can talk about, but mindset for me. Number one, I visualize myself succeeding, and I tell myself I am the absolute best person for this job, scholarship, whatever it is. I don't care if I if I don't truly believe it. I don't care if I see other competitive people. I just tell myself I'm gonna get it. And then the other thing is. I view every interview as a conversation between two people who are just trying to figure out if they can help each other out.
1: I mean, that's that's exactly the way that I always tell people to do Oxbridge interviews. If people, if the, the, the uh, interview in question was like an Oxbridge interview, view it as a conversation with somebody who is very passionate about what you are very passionate about, and who's like a world leader. It's not an yeah. intimidating thing. They're not trying to work out what you don't know. They're just just view it as a conversation about that subject,
0: and it becomes yeah, exactly. a lot less and you always have to realize that any, anybody who's taken the time to give you an interview, they have something to gain from you. It can seem like that's not the case with like with Oxbridge. It's this 900-year-old university that has so much prestige, and you're just like this one kid from wherever you're from, uh, Kent, or something like that.
2: Oh, no, <laughs> no, Kent! <laughs> they
1: came back!
0: <laughs> um, right? So you're just like, you're looking up at the giant stone towers, and you're like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. But no, they are a university that needs students to come in, study graduate, bring more prestige to the universe, or university, not the universe. And, and the universe. And the universe, hmm. yes. And uh, they're they're sizing you up. It's like, what is this person going to do for us? Are they going to make us look good? You know, There's a ton of other people who are willing to pay the exact same amount of pounds. Why do they want to bring you in? So you have something to offer. You're not just being given charity.
2: Okay. I really like that answer. I was just going to say give value. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's exactly the same. So I do loads and loads of sales meetings now. And it's not a matter of me going in and pitching my solution to them. It's really diving into what their problems are and Mm -hmm. then going, okay, so this is what I can provide you with, and this is what the outcome is going to be. In a university interview, it's the same thing. Hopefully you know what their problems are. It's I need a student, exactly as Tom said, who is really engaged and passionate and thinks about answers to these questions in a way that's slightly different and informed, who I can then nurture and make them excel at their subject because that's ultimately what a tutor does. So give value, really tease out all your thinking, be show your passion, don't be afraid. Like if there's one time when you can really geek out with someone, it's with that person.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a question in the chat that is being asked a lot, um, which is... I'm going to posit an answer and I feel like it's worth discussing. Um, how many hours a week should people study for uh, A-levels or for high school? I guess it's the equivalent. Now, my answer to that is the number of hours it takes to get the best grades you can. Yeah. Or the best that you possibly can. There is no right answer. It's not like, I'm going to do eight hours a week or 40 hours a week. And that means... You know, dust the hands off. I'm going to get a straight straight A's across all my subjects. It doesn't work like that. It's not about you know the number of hours you put in. It's about what you accomplish in those hours. So exactly. I and mean, yes, it's important to like um, as we were talking about before, schedule and, and timetable when you're going to do your studying. Uh, if you're asking for a rough guide after school, I'd say like three to four hours a, de- a day after school is like a reasonable amount of time to study if you're at A level. Um, but it's not about the hours. It's about what you accomplish in that time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm just typing something in the chat real quick go ahead Jamie. I'm doing some
2: maths so like uh, 24 hours in a day that's 168 hours but you want to sleep for at least 8 hours of those so you've got to have 16 hours in a day and then you want to have fun for like 5 hours of every day so let's make that now 11 hours um, and then you've probably got to eat so that's like another 3 hours gone I spent 3 hours eating every day pretty much mm. um, uh, okay maximum uh, 7 hours a day like max like four to seven, is what I'm going to say. Looking at it like that, and no more, like no more than seven. Oh gosh, that'd be a lot.
1: Yeah, I I, I screwed the pooch on that one. When I was, I, I did sixty, years, seventy week in my first year at Oxford, and it was not. Don't do it. It's not worth oh it. gosh, like a, it's like it's like a Maxwell distribution of like the more hours you put in, the more you get out, the more you get out, and then it just drops off a cliff. There's like a sweet spot for the most hours you put in, and where you can really concentrate and work beyond that point, you start losing it, and you're going to accomplish less and you're going to burn out so and don't for the
2: economic geeks out there, also known as diminishing returns yeah, which is you get you get a neg- you get less return than the unit of energy you put in
0: sort of. yeah really, it's just especially with stuff that is uh you know like a levels GCSEs, es uh like a c t s a. t over here. You have so much access to old material that's very similar to what you're going to find on the actual test. So get your hands on that and study as long as it takes to get the desired outcome on that practice material that you want easily.
1: Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't get over how delicate you said GCSEs then. It was, uh, it was like you had a bot on a post-it note above your monitor and you were like, GCSEs. <laughs> SE.
0: <laughs> like, i still barely know what they are simon i think it's bad. it's bad. it's totally ago, fair. like i wanted to i want to make a video about this but i i, I was like are a levels and gcse is the same thing or like are a levels more b- b- harder i don't even know <laughs> yeah i was i was um i was on a train
1: with like five bags and this thing came up on my twitter and i was like tom i'm, I'm, I'm traveling at the moment um, <laughs> i can't really skype right now <laughs> um so yeah need you on skype simon <laughs> uh what have we got what have we got um oh relevant
2: work experience um relevant to what i don't understand what uh, oh, somebody, where, somebody where did somebody's saying how do right you right find right 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 relevant right. work
0: experience i can do this one for sure okay so uh this is gonna depend on what you're in but if you want to go have a job go do that job without having permission to do it if you want to be like simon if you want to be a filmmaker make freaking films like you're, you're making vlogs about your PhD stuff. Um, maybe that's not the exact kind of films you want to make later on in life, but that's giving you like a ton of experience and a portfolio that you can use to show to somebody who's a gatekeeper, essentially, later on down the line. So whatever you can do. Thomas B., I've been, I've told you in the chat like 10 times. I went to Iowa State University. Um, you know, it, with the hard sciences, it gets a little harder because like, okay, I don't have access to a large Hadron Collider to do physics work, but maybe you can, as a student... Uh, make a connection with your physics professor and ask for research opportunities. You're always going to build things that are in ancillary areas that are going to all contribute to that main goal you have.
1: That was effectively how I got my PhD. I just emailed a bunch of academics, and one of them came up uh, with a research project. So over the summer of my third year, I just did research for two months, and that was the thing that I could put on my application forms, and then I got a PhD. You know, you just um, if, if you don't see a way, make one.
2: Actually, there's a related question to this, which is how did I get a job at Google? Uh, which is basically I did, I did exactly what Tom said, funnily enough. I wanted to get a job at Google. I wanted to be a product marketing manager, which is just like, it's just marketing, but of the, all the things Google makes, There, are then these people who go, right, how do I communicate this to the world? So like Google just released a new phone called the Pixel. A product marketing manager is the, the, the puppeteer behind all of that. Um, and so I went out and I did marketing. I set up my own business when I was 12. I ran that for two years. I put that on my CV. Then I did a marketing competition at Oxford, and we won that. Then I did work experience as well um, in Japan doing marketing and business development. Then I applied for Google, and then I did an internship at Google um, and like showed them firsthand I can do what they wanted me to, and then I got a job. Um, so, yeah, do the thing you want to become. Exactly like
1: I, I really have nothing more to say, I'd say to that just start if you want to do something start doing it eventually someone will start paying you hmm. um someone's asked who our patronuses are
0: does anybody know like has uh, anyone done the test i've never done the test oh but... is there an actual test yeah there's like a pottermore test now i did my uh what is it ilvermorny is that what it is or oh, what it, the American I did my version, yeah i did my american house and then i did my um my uk house as well
2: wait what's your uk house because i did this actually only four weeks ago and now i found out what i am
0: and i'm actually Uh, pretty happy with it i'm a ravenclaw oh then my Ilvermorny one is what are the four houses i forget their names i am a horn serpent i I don't know what that means i don't know
2: what that is is that like a gcse
0: (laughs) no so okay so there's like there so they're doing the american houses right for pottermore i don't know if you guys have seen this magic in north america so there's horn serpent which is like i would say it's a combination of slytherin and and ravenclaw but it's like they're they're all very different than the original ones and then like um yeah so basically just science and brain stuff and rationality i was That's i funny. was
1: expecting to be a ravenclaw whereas apparently i was very strongly a gryffindor like
0: oh. you just strike me as a gryffindor simon i, I, know I always think of myself as Wait, a ravenclaw is very heroic
1: uh jamie i I would choose ravenclaw i'd say slytherin
2: oh i'm ravenclaw Uh, uh, (laughs) it's because it's because you're ambitious hey tom how's it going what is this (laughs) guy doing here yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: i'll tell you what i learned something the other day which is hilarious do you know what the french word for wand is like magic wand uh no it's baguette That's great. It's like forget magic <laughs> to Harry Potter. Is is it's it's I thought that was a joke when I first heard it, but it's not. I tell you, oh, it's so funny. Sorry. Uh, um, cool. it, to answer the question about Patronuses, I don't know what mine is. I always imagined mine would be like a, um, a panther, like a big black cat. Um, I don't know why. I've, I've always liked cats. So I've always imagined it'd be a big cat. Uh,
0: I don't know. Has anybody else here read Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality? It's like, it's like a, a fan fiction that's longer than any three of the longest books in the series. Oh, you
1: sent me a link to
0: this. No, I, haven't I think I did. Read it. Uh, I love it. It's like one of my favorite works of fiction. Uh, <laughs> it's like the one good, actually, no, there, there are several good Harry Potter fan fictions. There's just many, many bad ones that tarnish the name of fan fiction. What you mean, like, one's uh, like The Cursed Child? The Cursed Child, uh, My Immortal, all these things. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I think The Cursed Child is a fan fiction. Like it's it's terrible. It, I guess it has the the blessing of whatever marketing arm, but it absolutely is. Uh, but no, MRR is like one of my favorite pieces of fiction, and because of that, my my view on Patronus is different. And uh, that's all I want to say. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, right. Does somebody else... We've wanna... got eight minutes remaining. And we'll have a blitz round in three
0: minutes and 45 seconds. So it's yes. a question that will take that long to answer. Ooh, here's one. How do you make time for a relationship at university?
1: Uh, I think it's all about um, value judgment, really, what, you've, mm-hmm. what you value in your life. Um, I feel like if you value your work above your relationship, then then you won't make time for it. If you think that a relationship is important enough, then you will make time for it. Um, yeah. I feel like if you're not a robot, I mean, even me as a person that doesn't particularly like people, I still have made time for a relationship basically my entire time at university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's an important, it's actually, it's almost like enforced downtime. If I wasn't in a relationship, I'd be working much more. Whereas if you are with somebody, then it means that you have time set aside to do things like going on date nights or watching movies or Game of Thrones
2: or, you know, going for walks or whatever. It's, it's, it's actually a nice check on making sure you don't work all the time. Yep. I don't see dating as any different from how to make time for friends. Like in my head, someone that you're dating is just a friend, but of a slightly different kind. And if things go well, they become like your best friend.
0: Yeah, um, to a degree. Um, I don't know. I, I, I take my, the, d- the degree to which I need to be there to support my girlfriend a little more seriously than I do with anybody else. Okay. So I, take,
2: it, I take it very seriously for everyone.
0: I mean, I try to take it seriously for everyone, but like, I'm just my girlfriend definitely comes above all the other friends all the time like. with my girlfriend, you know. So it's just she has a special place in my life. She is like the person who I have chosen to spend uh, hopefully the rest of my life with. So my commitment to communication, to being present, it's just higher, you know. And I it doesn't mean I, I don't value my relationships to other people, but she is the person that I have decided to spend the most time with and the most effort on. Uh, and I think that does translate into different actions with how I interact with her versus friends you know I, I might be more willing to just spend more time working than hanging out with friends but I'm not going to do that with my girlfriend because she it's, there's a different expectation there mm-hmm. you know because I am her one boyfriend whereas my friends I am not their one friend yeah, yeah well she's the character you've leveled the most
1: like yes. you've seen the most time in two
0: yes uh we have uh... <laughs> yes we are
2: hey wait hold on wait someone asked earlier on what are your myers briggs things and someone just said theirs and that's also mine i've never done one i don't don't know what mine is
0: really Uh i read uh i read recently that myers briggs is like really not useful so i've stopped Uh, kind of like mentioning it and stuff really um i like i prefer strength
2: finder so Mm -hmm. if you are thinking of doing it tom i'd recommend strength finder it basically has 40 different strengths and you do the quiz and you have to do it quite r- rapidly. And then it says, okay, these are your five top strengths. Here is how you go about developing them and getting really kicked mm. off of them. And I found it pretty damn accurate.
0: Um, I think I did strengths finder back in 2010. Um, a campus job had me do it. And I don't remember right. my results they at all. A,
2: they did a revamp Penn strength finder 2.0. So it might be slightly different now,
0: but like it, it was 40. 2.0. Cause I had to buy the book. Ah, right. Oh no, you yeah. forgot. I just it might I think my giant strength finder packet is buried in my cabinet somewhere <laughs> so I could probably find it uh, Myers Briggs wise I do think it's fun to at least be like I'm this and uh, I always get entj but yeah, I personally yeah, identify I as more of an I than an e uh, I just have very high self-confidence and like to be extroverted sometimes but you know my idea of a fun time is to go play video games or watch a movie with my girlfriend not go to the club. Um, that is perfect timing because that is now... This is the last Blitz round. This is the last chance you're going
1: to get to ask a question. So uh, we'll be on stream for another four minutes. Um, we're going to try and get through as many as we can in that time. Um, One question but- is, what
2: is my favorite place in Japan? Um, it is Hiroshima.
0: Hiroshima's so cool.
2: Yeah. Why? Why Hiroshima? Because when I went there, it was just so peaceful. And it's also really close to Miyajima, um, which is like the deer yeah. island. And it was just so chilled out. Um, but if, like... It's, sort of, it's Hiroshima, but Tokyo, because that's where all my friends are based. Um, mm. And then Nagano, because that's where my Tai Chi retreat is going to be. And it's just in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. And you just sort of do martial arts in the middle of nature. So, yeah, those.
0: Yeah, I would say Miyajima was one of my favorite places. So, I liked Hiroshima, but Hiroshima is more of a pain to get around in. Mm-hmm. At least public transit-wise. I mean, biking is fine, but like the, the trawler system does not work nearly as well as the subway system. So... Mm-hmm in terms of like, I want to go somewhere and have fun. Tokyo and Kyoto are better. But uh, I really liked Miyajima a lot. Uh, several people are asking how do you balance going to uni and being a gamer?
1: Um, I basically stopped gaming when I was at uni. Um, really? Although here, I've started, um, w- at the Chapel Choir that I'm in, we now have like a Facebook group of gamers. And you know, we like, we organize doing multiplayer stuff. Um, I feel like you just kind of have, to, it's like balancing fun time and, re- and study time generally. Really. It totally Blitz. is. Blitz question. Yeah,
0: let's question. Uh no one asks, Jamie, I, what do you think? I play of- short game. Oh wait, you play what? I play short games, you know, games I can jump in and out of like, I play Overwatch. I play two matches. It takes me 20 minutes. I'm done. Oh, I play Civ. Uh, it's the exact opposite. It's the worst possible
2: game. <laughs> I stayed up until really? four one night by accident. It was awful. I'm I, mean, sorry, I, I love have been, Civ, hearing, yeah, been ignoring this question for a while. I'm sorry. Sorry, i answer it now. What do you think of PPE in other universities? Just really quickly. I applied to Oxford for PPE because I love their course structure. It was modular. I can make the degree into whatever I want. The other universities seem far more rigid. They had a more prescribed curriculum and so that's really my only opinion of ppe and other universities i don't really know in practice if they are better because i haven't done them mm-hmm. but that's a quick answer uh,
1: do you listen to music when studying do i listen to music yes um, and actually uh music from video games is a very good place to listen yeah. uh, both tom and i have playlists of stuff to listen to um while studying tom's is like you're, you're quite
2: short no, tom's is tom's is epic i remember i stumbled across it i made it like <laughs> the protagonist in an epic voyage
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys the link if you want to put it in the description yeah i'll listen uh, yeah. in the description and then i'll I answer think, definitely
2: I sometimes listen to music there are sometimes when i'm working on something and i just want nothing no other inputs in my head but there yeah. are other times when i do um, and when i do i actually tend to listen to anime soundtracks um yeah. my favorite anime so i moment, have a bunch of
0: anime stuff on mine too Yes. Uh, John, John
1: Cage is one that I like listening to a lot like his violin, uh, oh no, Philip Glass Philip Glass is Philip Glass violin is concerto awesome. If anyone's yep. a
2: Naruto fan, Naruto is just ended so I'm currently <laughs> listening to that, I've been watching that show for like seven years
0: uh, I just recently had like, like, a, like a, a really sad moment because of this, because mm-hmm. my favourite anime soundtrack song of all time is Tarukia from Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex uh-huh. and they took it off YouTube <laughs> so i went and bought it on itunes but it can no longer be on my playlist which is sad uh, right
1: okay um any other questions we'll, we'll have to go in about a minute
0: but uh one minute warning one minute warning ask anyone difficult complex question if Tomas- anyone's uh,
1: wondering
2: i'm looking over here at the chat i'm not Wait, just uh, like yeah. um, oh
0: my god i've forgotten all my japanese uh one of the questions was do we speak japanese Oh, you probably speak more than me. Uh, two years ago, I probably could have answered that question for you, but I have, I've, I've, I've learned that like foreign language just slips from your mind if you don't use it mm-hmm. so I much. Am,
2: really weirdly, the only two languages I know aside from English are French and Japanese. And mm-hmm. on Wednesday, I had to go to Paris for a business meeting, and all the meetings were in Japantown. So I was talking to my Uber driver in French, oh, like real spoken French, and I learned all about his ten-year-month, ten-month-old daughter. And then I went to get the best udon I have ever had since Tokyo in this Japanese restaurant, nice. and they did not expect me to speak Japanese. They tried, they tried French on me and tried English on me, and I was like, "What? Sen, I don't understand you." <laughs> right, great. quick, quick so questions. Good. We're getting distracted yet again. <laughs> we just okay. got stories all right how do you how do you get disciplined you just get disciplined say you're gonna do something do it
0: yeah i I have a more tactical answer for that no (laughs) for 30 days wake up and take a cold shower Oh,
2: I read this post. Actually, I tried that because of you. (laughs) Did
0: you? (laughs) It was your fault. It was really good. It's like like the most binary decision. Like, I will will choose to be uncomfortable or I will choose to be comfortable. And if you can choose to be uncomfortable for 30 days, that will transition into I can choose to be uncomfortable and study this crap I don't want to study or whatever it is.
2: I found that there was an additional uh, mood benefit. It made me feel way more positive about my day. It does. I realized that that was the hardest part of my day. Mm-hmm. really weird that it was the hardest part of my day and after that um, everything else was really easy and for some reason my, also my skin felt really nice i don't know why just like my hands <laughs> so if you want all those benefits uh, go have a cold shower
1: right on that note i feel like we should probably wrap this up um, thank i'm sorry we can ask all, <laughs> uh, we can't answer all the questions in the chat um, there have been people asking a lot of very specific stuff that we just haven't been able to answer but thank you to everybody who submitted questions it's uh, have you guys enjoyed yourself i always love doing yeah. streams oh uh, this is fun I think I might see if we could do these every month. Like I'd love to do one of these a month. I think it'd be really fun. Um, uh, yeah, and, get, and, and especially get, like, if we get like, a
0: rotating roster of people, then it, it should
1: work out pretty easily. Yeah, Yeah. so if you'd like the sound of that, please say in the chat. But um, uh, on that bombshell, um, thank you for being such a great audience. I'm Simon, doing a PhD uh, at XT University. Come and follow my channel if you haven't already, if you want to
2: learn about what I'm up to and some study and physics stuff. Jamie, why should people subscribe to you? Um, If you want to, so next year, I'm going to be releasing a book on how to study like an Oxford student. So if you guys want to get some previews and some tips on that, go to my website and you can sign up there, jamomills.com. Um, and then aside from that, I'm also going to be doing some tips on how to go about being an entrepreneur and building your own business. Um, so share some wisdom um, and some vlogs.
1: And Tom, everyone's subscribed to you
0: already. So let's not even bother <laughs> that. Uh, but Tom, why should people subscribe to you? Yeah, um, if you want to be a better, smarter, more productive human being, then subscribe to my channel. And my latest video is on how to be more confident. So check that out. If you like it, then you can subscribe. If not, then uh, don't. And all the links to our channels are down there in the description along with yeah. our
1: Twitters. Um, I've been getting notifications all, all streams, so I can only hope that that's people coming. To, so hopefully you guys are seeing the same effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, right, that was really cool. Thank you guys for joining us for this live stream. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Jamie, for joining me. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys quite soon for another live stream.
0: Bye, sure. y'all. Bye, See y'all. <laughs> All right, guys, well that about does it for this episode, hopefully you enjoyed it, and if you happen to be one of the people who was actually in the live stream asking questions on Saturday when we recorded, hopefully we got to your questions, and if not, or if you were not actually watching the live stream and you want to get in on the next one, you can sign up to the College InfoGeek newsletter where I will be letting you guys know about the dates and times and all the other details about upcoming streams in the future, and you can find the uh, sign up link for the College InfoGeek newsletter over at collegeinfogeek.com slash newsletter if you haven't done it already it also comes with a free copy of my book 10 steps to earning awesome grades which you probably will enjoy I think you'll enjoy I'll be pretty confident about that Uh, you can also subscribe to Simon's channel over on YouTube and that's another way to get notified about these streams because he always does like an announcement video as well and his channel is just awesome in general so check him out uh, show notes once again are cigpodcast.com slash 130. And that's where you'll find the video version of this episode on Simon's channel embedded on the webpage and also all those good links. So thanks for listening and I will see you in next week's episode. Till then, stay cute.